Well, I guess um, you may not be able to watch this. It looks like he doesn't see it. these very pretty slides I was going to show you, but um, for some reason it doesn't want to show them. So um, I will, uh, uh, at the end here, I'll pass out cards. If you go to my uh, website and contact me, I'll send you a copy of this presentation. Uh, so, um, so you don't feel obligated to take too many notes because I can send you anything that I'm about to tell you here. And uh, sorry, it's not, it's not going to show. Um, First, I want to welcome everyone, aspiring uh, writers and artists. Um, and uh, just to get an idea how many of you are uh, writers and how many of you are artists, or how many want, want to be just a publisher, or uh, let's do first uh, writers. One, uh, two, artists. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, like just a publisher, want to put the thing together, be the boss. Uh, Nobody wants that responsibility. I hear you. Uh, how, how many of you are hybrids? Want to do both, write and art? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's good for you that you can do it all. I'll tell you. So, um, about three years ago today, or four years ago, I, I was at um, I was a panelist, or not a panelist, but I was um, just like you, an attendee at a uh, at a convention. And all my life, I liked comics, and I went to a panel that told a little bit about just doing it and not just thinking about it. And I decided I would, and I. Uh, created my first comic, which is something called Fractured Scary Tales, which is kind of an homage to classic monster magazines, but with kind of a more comedic edge to it. Um, I'd be showing you right now a picture of a cover. Uh, but um, uh, that I learned a lot when I, when I did that, because um, I'd never published anything before. Um, well, I had some short stories and things published, some scripts sold and things, but never published a comic. And there's a, a lot of intricacies involved that are not quite creative choices that you have to make as you uh, as you publish your own material. And today's focus is largely on the nuts and bolts of the publishing uh, more than the creative. We'll touch on the creative a little bit, but there's a lot of panels that talk about the, um, the creative end, but not many that talk about the actual getting it to press and, and some of the uh, more business type decisions you have to make. Um, so I want to tell you all again, my, my website is fracturedscarytales.com. Um, and if you go to fracturedscarytales.com, there's a contact me button. And if you go there, it goes directly to me. If you have any questions, anything I don't get a chance to answer today or something you want to ask me, um, uh, I'm happy to do my best to, to, to answer it for you. Um, um, this, I do want it to be an interactive uh, session, uh, but I do have a lot of information I want to get out. So I'm going to ask you, unless it's really pressing, that you hold the questions till the end of the panel just to make sure that we get through the whole presentation first, and then we'll deal with your individual questions. And I'm not sitting very close to the mic, but are you all hearing me OK? Right. OK. 
there's not like that huge crowd. And uh, this is my disclaimer. Um, this is my experience. Your mileage may vary. Um, I'm not a, um, a lawyer or a financial advisor, and I don't play one on TV. Um, I'm just a fellow comic nerd who pursued his dream. So whatever information I give you is my own personal information, uh, but you need to um, do your own due diligence on your own part to, um, uh, to as you go through the process. Um, uh, spoiler alert, um, if you're the type that's going to give up easily if uh, on your dream because you find out how tough it is to really publish something yourself, uh, please, I'd like you to leave now because I don't want to discourage anybody's dreams um, because it it is a lot of work, but if you have the the work it takes to make the product, you, you've got the diligence to get out there and try to publish it and, and then try to market it, uh, which are only um, half the battle. Oops, for some reason I went to... Uh, you can't see it, but it just went back to the very first um, slide. Okay. So um, uh, my word of advice number one is uh, you start small and learn your craft. Um, when I've given these panels before, a lot of people, they, their first thing they want to make is like this 80-page graphic novel. Um, and I suggest to everybody that you first try publishing like an eight-page comic or something first just to learn the nuts and bolts of it, all, all the little intricacies before you tackle a big mountain, climb a little hill. And um, you have to think in terms of all comic books are in fours, so there's four pages, which is really nothing, eight page, 12 page, 16 page. So when you publish something in print form, and that's predominantly what I'm gonna be talking about is print form, um, although much of the information does apply in digital context, but my, my primary experience has been in, in uh, actual physical copies. Uh, so think, some, think in terms of fours, and that's what uh, that's just how pages lay out when you, if you pulled your comic book together, you see what it means, but when you don't think about it, it's like, oh, what's he mean? So think in terms of fours, and do something small first, just to see how it all goes together, and you'll save yourself a lot of problems down the end if you uh, if you start small. Um, for you artists, uh, find writers, writers find artists, and uh, if you are hyphenates, um, uh, make sure you are good at, at, at both things because um, the end result is to get your product out there, and if you are a better writer than artist, then maybe you could do some layouts and have a better artist do it, or uh, if you're a better artist than you are a writer, uh, find a writer to help you. Um, because you're going to spend a lot of time with this material, and um, the more you recognize your own strengths and weaknesses, the better your end product will be. Um, I don't discourage anybody, even if your art is not like at a level of somebody else's art or your storytelling. If that's what, really what you want, is to just tell the story the way you want to tell it, uh, please do it your way. But ultimately, there's a marketplace out there where you have to compete with other people, and so the more slick and professional you can make it, the better your odds are in competing in that really tough marketplace. Because making it is only half the, you, you, you'll maybe spend um, like on a maybe a 12-page comic uh, a couple of months at the most putting it together, but you're going to spend years going into cons trying to sell it and market it. And you put so much work into it in the selling end of it that the better you make your product to start with, the better your opportunities of, um, uh, of getting it so sold. Uh, and I, I um, encourage everybody to evaluate their concept for what their comic is, because the more um, um, 
the, the more you realize what the marketplace is, what you're competing against. Uh, if you're if you're out there to do a, a like a superhero comic or something, there's there's a, you have to have some kind of unique spin on the genre to make it interesting for people to buy your comic instead of buying, you know, uh, DC or Marvel's superhero. Um, you see a lot of people when you travel through the vendor hall in the artist alley that have more offbeat titles, which um, when you produce something yourself, the more offbeat your topic is, usually the more, the bigger audience you'll find because as you try to compete in more mainstream arenas, the competition's really fierce. It's not to discourage you from trying it, but the more you know what your obstacles you face, the, the, the more realistic you can be. Um, this is something that would have been nice to have up there to see, but you can get it again if you uh, email me, I'll tell you these parts. But if you're the writer seeking an artist, artist seeking a writer, some sites you can go to to find talent in either direction is one called um, deviantart.com, and that's D-E-V-I-A-N-T-A-R-T.com, uh, freelanced with a D at the end, dot com. And again, I'll send you all these if you want on just, all you have to do is email me and I'll send you the Soltz presentation. Uh, but the one I have the most success at is one called ZWOL, Z-W-O-L dot org. Uh, it's a great site for matching up comic uh, writers with artists and artists with writers. And there's all kinds of other um, positions that uh, when you get into the printing that you realize uh, uh, maybe you need too. Um, sometimes people uh, pencil but don't ink, or sometimes they don't letter, uh, or sometimes um, uh, you need a, um, a colorist. So all of those positions of people are out there. You just have to seek them out. Um, and then don't be afraid to use Craigslist either. I have used that to, um, uh, to some success, but I do find that my biggest success comes from Z-Wall. Um, DeviantArt, a lot of, most, most everybody you find on the other sites has a site at DeviantArt. But the um, one of the biggest obstacles to deviant art is that you, they, people don't often publish their their rates. So you have some back and forth where you say you need somebody, and um, and then you got to you, you know you're you're going to shoot for the moon the first time, and you're going to get some really expensive writer, a really expensive artist, and just oh wow if I could get that person. Uh, but I think you have to be realistic about how much you want to spend when you do any project. And there are very, very talented people that are either up and coming or semi-retired right in those two levels where you can get, if they like your material, you can get some very economical t talent that will come forward and work on your project. Um, but um, uh, Z-Wall, you can post your uh, like an ad, like like you do on Craigslist or something, that you're seeking somebody who does something, and sometimes I strongly urge that you put a price range in there, just so that it weeds out the people that you know you're only paying you know um, fifty dollars a page for art, and you're getting all these people that you know charging three hundred or four hundred dollars a page. So you you already um, you you don't have to weed through all those people and have all that back and forth conversations when they're way out of your price range now. Uh, but the, you may be surprised sometimes that people that normally charge more, if they really like your concept, I've had some very talented artists work for me at my low budget rates that um, just because they liked what the story was. So uh, you go into it knowing that you may get better than you think you can afford. Um, I tell people, know your end game before you start. Um, is this a one and done proposition? Like, is this just a thing you want to do? You want to just make a 12 page uh, comic just to show you can do it? Or um, are, is this a potential start of your publishing empire? Um, the more you know what your end result is, if you're just going to um, 
for, for writers especially out there, it's very difficult to get your work read by publishers because they uh, don't want to read scripts from um, unsolicited authors. And so unless you've got already writing credits in some other field, uh, you, nobody wants to, they just, they have all this legalities about reading your material. So sometimes people, um, and I've seen some people do it successfully, will get somebody to draw their comic so that they actually publish it. And once you publish something, all those fears about reading something that is, um, uh, you know, people talk about intellectual property and, and they want you to sign these NDAs, these non-disclosure agreements and things, uh, it becomes mute because it's already published, it's already out there, there's no fear of them reading something, you saying they stole it because you've got the physical copy. So sometimes people use that as a tool to get their writing seen by people, and artists too. Um, if you can't get people to look at your your portfolio, you're going around to tables trying to get people to buy. Sometimes you just give them a comic and it shows that you actually got it done. So if that's your end result, then some of this, the more businessy parts don't really apply to you because it's just you're just doing it as this one-shot deal just to show people but if you want to get out there and sell it and market your material then some of this information will be more valuable to it the the uh, word of advice number three is determine your ownership strategy um, is this um, uh, going to the people that you offer work to? Like, if you're going to hire an artist, or you're going to hire a writer, is this work for hire, or are you think, thinking of some kind of creative partnership? Um, and I strongly encourage you, as the creator who's making this product, to uh, pay people um, even some nominal money just to own what you do, because uh, nobody's going to be with this baby longer than you are. So if you can pay them anything and buy them out, it's much better than trying to. First, it's very difficult to get somebody to work on a partnership deal that they don't know you. Some random person off of one of these sites is—it's it's very, very difficult. They—they they, um, most of them are on there looking to establish their names and make a little cash and if you can pay them almost anything they're willing to work with you but there's all these people that promise um, you know oh we'll split a 50 50 but 50 percent of nothing is is nothing and even if you're successful whatever it just if you can pay anything you'll get much greater percentage of responses from people uh, even professional you know big tier people might consider it if you at least pay anything so so go into this knowing you're going to have to put a little cash out and um, and I think you'll have a more realistic understanding of what the marketplace is um, and then if you are the creator and you hire people on what they call this work for hire uh, that means that you are the in ownership of the IP the intellectual property so if there is some great success with this comic uh, you know Marvel sees it or you know some TV station you know um, Cartoon Network sees your comic out there and says I want to buy it well then that baby's yours and and rightfully it should be you've paid the people that helped you create it um, and you're the one that came up with the idea and you're the one that sat there at cons for you know uh, weeks after weeks and tried to peddle your product. So um, it doesn't mean that you can't reward the people that worked on your product. You know, I, um, you know, you, uh, Lucas, I guess, was really uh, wonderful with people that worked on Star Wars. Even people that didn't have profit participation, he he rewarded them when it, you know, when he made uh, you know billions or whatever. So it doesn't mean if you have success, you can't reward your people. But pay them something up front and own the labors, the fruit of their labors. Uh, so that's my other comment was to pay your people, which I'm going to go over there. Now a question that everybody asks is, what can you expect to pay? A lot of people kind of gloss over this because they don't want to talk about it. You, if you got big, you know, you got a huge amount of uh, 
um, um, a credit limit on your credit card, and because most of the people you're going to pay through PayPal, um, and I mean you can shoot for the moon and get Neil Adams or something, uh, but most of us are kind of struggling and doing this in the side, um, and so the price range that I find in my comic world. Um, the interior pencils and ink ranges from uh, $35 to $60 a page. Now, I sometimes had artists who said in here, these things who say, oh, what are you saying so low? And um, I'm not trying to lowball anybody, but if you're out there paying out of your own pocket, you know, you're going to make a 16 or 20 page comic. Um, it's, it's a lot of money. The more you pay per page, you know, $100 a page some people want, and that's fine if they can get it. But if you're starting out, you want to pay something that at least covers the person's time uh, and gives you a level of quality you don't get if you pay nothing. Uh, and if someone likes your work, uh, many, many people are willing to work in that those price ranges. So uh, just when you're budgeting what you plan on spending, if you think of that in terms of pencils and inks, 35 to $60 a page. Lettering, um, sometimes you get lucky and you find somebody that does it all. Sometimes they do pencils, inks, lettering, and coloring. Uh, depends on if you're going to do coloring. Um, if, if you um, are just doing a short comic, like an eight-page thing to sample your goods, uh, show people that you can write, I would suggest you do it in black and white. There's no point in spending the money to have it colored if all you really want to do is have somebody read your comic. But if you're going to market it, depending on the type of product you do, I started with um, black and white horror magazines. I, um, one, it was a cost effective, and two, there was a, a history uh, um, uh, of in the horror genre of black and white magazine size instead of comic size uh, comics. And so it kept my production costs less because I didn't have to pay for color. And there was an anticipation or expectation of black and white because of the nature of the material. So um, people didn't feel cheated because first they got a bigger size comic because it's magazine size, and then there's usually more pages in a magazine than in a comic, and, um, and but then I didn't have to pay for coloring. Coloring, um, uh, you can pay between $10 and $20 a page, depending on the colorist you pick. Uh, and again, these are the lower end of the scales. Your cover, you usually pay more for the cover artist, um, and that um, in the lower end ranges are anywhere from like $85 to $125 for the cover. Um, and that's that's for artwork. Um, for scripts, um, usually in the low budget range, you're paying five to ten dollars a page of comic page. So if you've got like a um, a 16 page comic figure, you're going to spend about 160 dollars. Uh, the writer works for you know maybe a few hours or maybe even a couple days. The artist works for quite a while to to do the same amount of work. So um, the the proportions. If you say, well, I got this great idea, why am I only getting paid this much for a writer? Well, it's 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 a visual medium, and um, you can have the greatest story, but without an artist, and the artist um, is really going to make or break your your comic. So, um, not to say that without a good script, you don't you don't have anything, but just the time investment and um, uh, is is much greater on the production end for the artist than the writer. Um, I think uh, my next word of advice is to learn to say no um, respectfully and politely and, and often. Um, and you're going to have to learn how to take uh, rejection with the same dignity. Um, but always leave the door open for future work or collaborations. When, when you um, 
when you post on one of these sites looking for people or when you come to a convention, there's going to be when people find out you're making something, a lot of people will present themselves to you to, to offer their you know art or whatever. If it's not really what you're looking for, don't ever feel pressured to, um, uh, even if it's a great artist that loves your product, if it's not the kind of style you like for your work, um, uh, you just have to learn to say no, and you can say it politely. And um, I strongly urge, if you're a writer looking for an artist, I sample every artist I use. I pay for one page only, uh, just to see if I like what they do. And then if I like what they do with the first page, then I proceed. Um, and I find that it saves a lot of money. And I didn't do this the first time. The first one, I had a couple, an artist that I love their page, but what they sent me back was nothing. I don't, you know, like everything on, you know, the internet. Sometimes they can post pictures that they didn't do, and you say, "Oh, this is a great artist. I get such a deal." And then what I got was, you know, was nowhere near um, the level of quality that uh, they showed on their site. So I strongly urge that you do a sample page. And if you don't like it, uh, I mean, you can ask for corrections, but you'll find how people are amenable to corrections. Sometimes when you're paying less, they say, oh man, I'm doing this for 50 bucks, what do you want? You know, um, you don't want, you want somebody to come into it with a, uh, a sense of participation where they're, they're going to um, give you their best work. They might have discounted rates, but you don't want discounted artwork. Um, so if you find in the, in the test process that they fe feel like they're prima donnas either writers or artists, um, move to the next person because ultimately this is your project and you want to have people that you can have a dialogue with, even though I seldom talk to people in person. Almost everything I do is exclusively through email. Uh, none of my artists I've ever... Well, I take that back. One time I met one of my artists at a convention. I didn't even know it was him and he was at the booth two doors down because we'd only done things um, on the internet. Um, so, um, and when you are looking for an artist, um, I always urge people to look, uh, look for samples of sequential art. There's a lot of people that do good pinup art. They have a good, great single page, but they can't tell a story. And so I think it's, it's crucial, unless you're looking for somebody for a cover artist, in which case pinup art is fine, that can tell a story visually uh, and tell it in the, um, in the tone of what your story is. Not every artist is right for your story. Sometimes you have kind of a goofy, offbeat story that you don't want somebody with you know this great technical expertise because it kind of it contrasts with what the story you're telling. So look for art that complements your story, or look for a story that complements your art. So if you're if you're an artist looking for art for a writer, make sure that their sense of whimsy or their sense of whatever it is, the quality that you're bringing to your work that makes you a unique artist, that it it enhances it in some way. Uh, if it doesn't, then that's another no. Thank you. Uh, maybe on the next project, I can use you. Um, uh, and that's I'm telling the same thing here, test one page. Um, and then I always tell people that be prepared for unexpected challenges. Uh, uh, remember, you don't know what you don't know, you know? So you, when, you, um, when you're doing this for the first time, there's lots of things you didn't know you had to know. And so just prepare to, to know that you don't know everything and, um, and listen, take as much advice as you can get from everybody, um, but be true to yourself. Uh, don't, don't change something that you, I mean, the whole reason you did it was for X and everybody tells you they don't like X. But that's the reason you're doing it. We'll go trust your instincts and see how it goes. Um, and, um, and hopefully your belief in that 
that ingredient that um, um, that drew, drew you to that project um, will will find its audience because it does take a while to um, uh, to find an audience. Well, on your first couple of comics, when you're when you're publishing it and putting together your little budget. Um, uh, I tell people that whatever you think it's going to cost, it's probably going to cost double. Um, I say this because a lot of times you're going to pay for art that you didn't end up using or you hired a colorist to do something that didn't do it or the one thing you find as people offer you lower rates is that sometimes you get put on the back burner a little bit some famous artist says yeah I'll do it for that price but I got to work in between projects and um, and if you don't have a set deadline that's fine but if you put it off for a month and another month and pretty soon it's six months down and you want to get this out at least sometime before the end of the year, sometimes you just got to say this isn't working out. And maybe you already paid them, they started a little bit of work. I think, geez, you know, I paid for, you know, five pages, I just don't have the rest. These are all things that you're going to experience. And and it's typical, especially as you struggle through the low budget. When you got gobs of money to throw at anything, you can solve any problem with money. But when you're struggling, the uh, or when you're just getting started and you want to be careful how much you spend, and because you don't know how much you're going to spend, plan on it being whatever that number is in your head, I would double it. Just you'll, you'll be a lot safer going in. Um, one thing that a lot of people overlook is an editor. I, um, my word of advice number nine is find an experience, an editor experienced in comic books to look at your script before you start um, having it all um, drawn, um, and at the very least have them look at it after it's put together before you send it to printers just to find typos and things that you screwed up on that you've read it so many times you didn't notice and it's very embarrassing and it happens to everybody um, uh, to, to, to see little things that you could have easily corrected uh, if you'd have just not been in a rush to finish it and an editor's job and most of them are very inexpensive um, I mean they'll um, like 30 or 40 bucks they'll read a 20 page um, comic and give you notes uh, on things that work or don't work or suggestions for things or even the the editor I use um, you know he thinks oh you know if you move that bubble if that speech bubble it doesn't block this thing and you're kind of the first couple times you see something you're just like oh wow my comic you know there's panels or dialogue and then you're not seeing the obvious thing that uh, you know somebody in the your audience your readers will see and they ha sometimes help bring you back to reality and point out flaws that you can easily correct and um, I, I tell people um, when they get the first print run of books, um, don't buy a thousand of them. Even if you spend more for a copy, get like 10 of them on the first print run. And you will still find things um, in, in, on the print that you didn't see even with an editor. Because sometimes you make a correction you didn't want to bother to send to the editor or there's some little uh, page of something that you thought, oh, you know, this is fine. I, I got this part myself. And um, and so once you get it printed out, there'll be little, uh, little maybe color variations, anything that can crop up. And I strongly suggest, even though most of the printers you send to, you get a digital copy, there's something about having that in your hands that makes you really um, spot things and um, and plus that gives you a chance to distribute it to some people to look at and they'll spot things so so don't be you know head over heels to get a thousand copies made get a few few made first just to take it 
Then, um, what makes your project different? We kind of went over this a little bit. Uh, what makes it similar to other comics out there, and who is your target audience? Uh, honestly, who I thought my target audience when I did my first comic, I, I was way wrong. Um, I, the, uh, I was very, very pleased at the number of young people that my comic resonated with that I thought none of them around back in the heyday of these black and white horror magazines, and they had no clue of growing up with, you know, Fangoria and with, or with um, Vampirella, Creepy, Eerie, that kind of stuff but they thought oh this is so cool and then suddenly I thought wow this whole audience of people I never knew so don't don't underestimate your audience um, and but at least have some sense of who your target audience is just so you'll know how to attempt to market it but be prepared to roll when the when reality presents itself and you find maybe the target audience you thought we're going to like it, aren't interested in comics anymore, and it's a whole new generation of people. And so you have to um, read people when they're like going to your tables and looking at stuff and seeing what they respond to, colors they look at, all these kinds of things you start to absorb as you do more and more stuff. Okay, this is the most important thing I think you'll learn from tonight, today's presentation is from now on you're not just an artist you're an entrepreneur it's time you think like a businessman or businesswoman um, uh, there's a lot of things you have to do behind the scenes as you're waiting to finish your comic book uh, if you're a writer and you're waiting on art it's time to establish a business name and entity type um, people don't think about this because they think oh you know I'm just gonna put my name on it and it's like um, like, you know, there's a little credit block on, on there, and do you want your home address on there, or do you want, want to get a, um, a post office box at your local, local post office, and do you want it to have your name or have a company name? So then you have to decide, well, what's, there's different forms of business entities you can create. Uh, the, the least expensive one is what they call a DBA, or sole proprietorship, that costs you hardly nothing to do, um, uh, and you can get a separate social security number for that entity, so that the revenue stream that you hopefully generate from your uh, comics uh, goes to that tax ID, even though you have to report it. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be a tax consultant for you, but I strongly urge that you, um, you do create some kind of business entity. And most of your local um, small business administrations um, will help you try to find the right type of business entity that works for you. If you um, kind of a struggling student or, you know, you just new on being an adult and you don't have much, uh, many assets to worry about, then um, sole proprietorship is probably a good idea. But if you're, you know, if you got like a bunch of houses and a bunch of assets that people could seize, then you might think about corporations and things like that. Uh, so I'm just suggesting that you talk to the SBA. Um, if you do uh, decide to um, go into create your own um, into, um, um, DBA, uh, there's a, a site called LegalZoom.com that helps you fill out all these forms in almost every state, and they can help you do the uh, fictitious business name filings. Um, and I already mentioned the thing about the post office box. Um, and then I suggest to people that once you have your company name, you can then open a bank account uh, with that company name and not your personal. That way you don't commingle funds. It makes it much, much easier for you to track expenses and um, uh, outgoing and income if you, if you open a business account. And you think, oh, that's a lot of money. I'm not really a business. I'm just a little guy making comics in my bedroom. I really, really suggest that you do this step it is really um, you know a lot of banks 
you can still get free business checking and some only charge like $12 a month uh, um, and you don't have to keep a high balance in it. But you have to get your business entity first. So you can't go get the check until you open your business entity and you get some legal piece of paper that says that this is, you've, you've registered this name and um, you'll get a, um, a number for that. Uh, I'll skip this one. Uh, well, uh, the, the important thing here is learn your strengths and weaknesses. Um, you're not just a publisher. You're suddenly going to be part lawyer, bookkeeper, tax expert, salesperson, publicist, uh, marketing, website, and social media guru. So you have to be good at all these things or have a knowledge in all of that. And not any one person is really going to be good at that. So what I suggest to people is that find what your strong points are and... Um, and then find people that can enhance those skill sets that you're lacking in. And a lot of that, you can find those people online. You can still find some of those people on Z-Wall. Some of um, the... Um some of the more business savvy people, a lot of the information you'll get once you start selling, if you um, if you just listen to other people's comments and things, uh, meet other creators at cons and have open conversations with them. A lot of them are more secretive about their sales, like everybody wants you to think that they all sold a million copies at the conventions. But the sad reality is um, most of us are happy if we just paid for our table. Um, if you go in with the expectation of millions, it's comics are not a good field right now, not like in the heyday or even 15, 20 years ago. There's a rare exceptions where some comic just takes off like wildfire. But most of us come here to expand our marketplace um, and reach out to new readers. And we feel happy if it paid for our table. And so you can do the math, how many, you know, you can look online to see what the cost of a table is. Then you feel really happy. And I mean, I've talked to some big indies and they're the same, they share the same, um, 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 they're equally happy if if they pay for their table and then it's even more gravy if it paid for their hotel and then it's even a bigger plus if you travel and it paid for your airfare uh, or if you're driving or whatever so if you go into this knowing this is an uphill battle when you start but hopefully you've established an audience for your comic so every time you you presented someplace new, more people discover you, you're doing less effort to sell the same kind of comic. Because when you first come out, nobody knows who you are. Uh, and so even if you have a great cover, they don't know your concept. And so you spend a lot of time audience building where you're talking to people about what your product is and getting them hooked on it. And then hopefully then they like it. So they you have less sales work to do when you come back to the same con. But if you come back to the same con, you must progress and have more product, more titles, more issues. If you only go to cons with your one or two comics, um, the, the likelihood of continued success is mint nil because that sooner or later, you, you've, you've, uh, that whole audience is gone. You've already sold to those people that were kind of interested. And if you don't offer them something new and fresh, you're just kind of spinning your wheels. So the way around that is to expand where you go, but then you're spending more money on travel. Um, uh, but then that can sometimes work as you're making new product because maybe your time, you, you're going to spend just as much time marketing and stuff as you are creating at some point. You, 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 um, uh, you know, you think I didn't really want to be a businessman, but or a woman, but you just really got to think like that's going to be part of your uh, your weekend activities. Um, before you register your name, though, I suggest that um, for your your company name, I should have put this slide before. Um, 
you should uh, register a domain name. Um, you can the easiest place to do that is GoDaddy Go uh, or uh, GoDaddy.com, and they have websites there. You can check the names of things that um, are available uh, as much as you can. If your company name and your website name and your business name all are the same. Um, uh, it, it creates a continuity that makes you easy to find to people. And, and I strongly, strongly urge you to get a .com. If your dream name is only available in .dot um, uh, .tv or .dot whatever the other ones are, .dot org or something, don't do it. People love .com. There'll be less confusion. So find a name that hasn't been taken and um, and buy it for a couple years and um, and then get your DBA. Um, so uh, you kind of have to do both things simultaneously. Like would I suggest you get a couple options of things you kind of like, then you want to make sure that business name isn't registered and then that website isn't registered and then grab it before somebody else does. The next thing you have to decide when you're making a comic is setting your retail price. Um, what will the traffic bear? Um, and uh, are you releasing just in print form or are you, are you going to have um, a coinciding digital fare too? Um, the, what I suggest to people is that, you know, you there's no way you're going to make back what you put into it on the first few issues. So don't try to price it so high thinking, oh, I'm going to spell a, send, sell 100 of these, so i got to charge 20 bucks a, uh, an issue for my comic. Um, you have to be realistic with what the market will bear. You can be a little bit more um, because you've got kind of a unique product, but you can't be way out there. You're just going to be sitting there. Uh, it's very hard for people to... Um, am I getting close to the end there? Or yeah, you're close to the end. I was just uh, I was also making a head. Oh, okay, all right, okay, thanks. Um, I'll try and speed through this. I'm sorry. Um, so that's that's something that's hard to. Um, it, it's something you have to be realistic about. Um, a, another site to go to is a site called Bockers, B-O-W-K-E-R-S dot com, and this is where you get the ISBN and UPC codes. Um, those little those little number grids that are on all publications. If you um, want to sell in stores and things, you need that UPC code. And that's where you can register your comic. If people happen to find one and they scan that thing, it'll tell them where to find you. Um, um, when you register a comic there it, or register there, it's kind of like going through the copyright process. There's a lot of questions you're going to be guessing at. Somebody really needs to have a, a seminar on how to, how to go through that minefield of questions at the Bacher site. Um, but that's an important site to remember. Um, um, I'm, I guess i got to speed through some of this. Um, you also have to look at things like resale certificates. Every city you go to or every state, you, you usually have to have some kind of tax presence. Um, and th that means you have to collect sales tax. Most of us back it off the sales price because we don't want to calculate. Most of us are cash business. And like if I sell my comic for 10 bucks and the state tax is 9 nine percent i don't want to make it you know ten dollars plus nine ninety cents or whatever i just back it out and i eat the tax and pay it when i do my reporting um so uh that's something you have to be familiar with with your city and as you travel you're going to find that you got to register your business in all these different states and it becomes it, it can be a burden um i'll tell you it's confusing sometimes some states are easy to figure like you go to 
Las Vegas, it's kind of good because there you don't leave until you pay your tax. Uh, so you don't have to worry about any future filings. They make you file it while you're there. And it kind of makes you a good bookkeeper because you can't go without paying them. What, and most of them, it's an honor system, what they say you, what you, say you sold. Nobody's watching you make those sales. But um, especially if you use credit card sales, I would strongly discourage any falsification. Uh, plus, you, you know, um, good karma, you know, just try to be honest. Um, let's see, you need all these things before, uh, oh, um, oh, let me skip over this. Um, when, you, when you've got your comic done um, and you're ready to print it, uh, most of the time, uh, if, like I had an anthology and all, I had like six or seven stories coming from different sources, some had different formats, so I had to get a print prep person whose job it was, um, and none of these people get paid very much either, you know, they're all working from home to organize a single file that I could send to the printer to, uh, to print for me. If you're working with one artist, uh, it's much easier, but maybe you have somebody else do the cover, so that cover will have to conform with the inside pages. Uh, so when you send it to the printer, there's no guesswork involved. And maybe in, inside covers, you have uh, other artwork or you sell maybe, uh, if you're fortunate to sell an ad, um, or sometimes you don't sell an ad, but you give an ad to somebody else to promote their comic while you're promoting theirs, you do some kind of trade, which the more exposure you get for your product with other people working the same thing. Make friends, I, I think there's no better thing than having some good karma and getting out there and meeting other independent comic producers. If you're attempting to make a comic, go buy their product, see what they're doing, see, learn from their mistakes. Most of the people are very um, eager to talk to you if you just ask them. Um, where I get my comics printed is a company called RA Direct Comics. Um, uh, you just, uh, it's uh, Richard Arnold, I think, or you just, if you Google RA Directs, and again, any of this information I'll send you in the, if you just, I'll give you my email address again. Um, uh, there's also companies called zinesmith.com, and there's and several others that specialize in, in smaller print runs. Uh, there's some people, you go to China and things, and you can get a huge discount on the comics, but you've got to order quantity, quantities of thousands or something, and unless you got a lot of space in your garage um, and you had a lot of lead time, I strongly suggest you pay a little bit more and get it done local. See what the market is before you make those big investments in having thousands of comics in your, in your garage. Um, and then we kind of went over, uh, no, no, I kind of went over that one. Um, um, some other valuable resources and I'll put this on the link too is there's a um, there's a company called um, Publishers Alliance um, and there's one in Los Angeles I, that I belong to but I think almost every major city has one and I'll send you that link too when you see this uh, and the you are publishers to so some of the same problems that um, book publishers or indie book publishers or any kind of other publisher have are some of the same issues you find because um, a lot of cons you go to for instance you need insurance they won't let you buy a table unless you insure uh, fortunately there's not a lot of those but there's some very low cost options for where you can get that and the cheapest place is one called art dot com, uh, A-R-T, um, uh, and they, um, uh, they will, um, um, I'm sorry, it's ACT, not ART, A-C-T insurance dot com. Uh, they have what they call the event insurance that will uh, give you the minimum requirements that most convention sites require at a very reasonable price. I think if you do it um, 
one time it's like $30, but you can do six months worth for like $60 and is really uh, other places want like $200 or $300. So, um, um, and a lot of the vendors, a lot of convention places that do require insurance sometimes steer you to some company that's very expensive. Not that they're trying to, because they don't really get a kickback, but they don't shop around like you got to shop around. And that's what you got to do as an independent artist trying to make around is, is find the best deals you can and try to share it with other people so that we all can be successes. Um, uh, most of the time when you're starting, um, uh, my next slide here is about Kickstarter and Indiegogo. People say, oh, I can maybe get investors to put money into making my comic. I don't have to put that on my credit card or something. I think unless you're already an established comic book person or you have a huge following in social media, the likelihood of anybody investing in somebody that's never published anything is so slim that you don't want to lessen your future credibility with a campaign by having a failed campaign. So I would see what you can afford, try to make a comic that you can do for what you can afford or maybe you got family that gives you money or helps you out or something. But um, don't expect that because you hear these miracle stories these Kickstarter campaigns and Indiegogo things where these people made hundreds of thousands of dollars almost all the people that or even you know five or six thousand most of those people have already done it before they've got product out there and if you were just starting out and you don't have product now maybe you've worked for a company and you've got a track record of your product and you're just making your own um, brand now where you've got enough of a following you can maybe get by but um you really, really, I've heard very few cases of anybody having a success. And uh, trusted for me, because I, I, I thought, oh, I'd done enough things in other worlds that this was going to, and it, it, it flopped. I didn't make hardly anything, and I was only asking for a fraction of what I needed. I'd already planned on spending most of it myself, but I just wanted to say I had a successful Kickstarter and, and, and get that publicity from putting on Kickstarter. And... Um, but I had too narrow a window. I've made some mistakes in Kickstarter, that, but now it follows me. So I, every time I do anything else, you know, people look at my name. I got a failed Kickstarter, and nobody wants to be a failure in anything. So um, uh, the last thing I guess I'll talk about is um, there's sites called Constant Contact and MailChimp um, that are good sites for organizing email lists and e email blasts. So as you publicize your comic, um, I strongly suggest if you have table, if you get a table at a con or something, and you you accumulate. Um, email list. Uh, I give a free button to everybody that signs up on my uh, for my website or uh, on my mail list. Uh, Constant Contact and Mailchimp are services that let you do email blast, uh, and um, and they come out real pretty. And they don't. They usually go through the spam filters. If if you try to do a mass mailing from your own email, your regular email, if you got like, you know, 50, 60 names, you're going to get bounced back everything. So a service like this allows you to have multiple names, has it come out with images and not, and not any problems. And it's very, very cheap and easy to figure out. So there's nobody standing there. So I guess I'll go through a couple till somebody comes up. Um, um, you, um, if you are going to come to the, um, uh, if you are going to sell at conventions, you need to uh, establish both a PayPal account um, and, and get a Square account. Square is a little gadget that um, you put on your phone to take credit cards. Uh, I'll tell you, when I don't have my credit card machine or sometimes I'm someplace where I don't get service, I miss out on maybe a third of the sales. A lot of people, even though you say you can go to the ATM, they, they never come back. So the more you can help them right there, and get the square. It's very, very inexpensive. Probably the cheapest way 
to um, to take credit cards is Square. And, but again, with something like Square, that's good where you um, you have a separate business account, so that money goes into that business account that you create. And I, I just can't stress enough to keep that money separated because you're going to have to report this at the end of the year's earnings. Very likely your first couple of years will be offset by more losses than earnings, but you do want to have a clean track record and, and report what you can, keep track of all your expenses. People say, you know, um, what about places like Diamond Distributors, Amazon, and Comixology and things to um, uh, to get your product out there? Uh, Diamond Distributors, it's really tough to get into them if you're an indie, uh, especially if you're just a one-shot deal. Most of them, um, you're looking so forlorn. I'm sorry if there's more <laughs> you there in the front row. I'm sorry. Uh, 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 oh, okay. All right. Um, uh, most of the time, they, um, uh, they they want to see that you've got a track record of multiple issues, and they want a huge discount. They want to buy them for like, um, I think it's like 60% off whatever your cover price is. So most of us are working on very thin margins. So, um, uh, you know, it's hard, even though they buy a lot. In, in that case, if they did buy a lot, but then they want like returns too. So you could spend, um, it's a tough nut to, you have to really um, figure out when you're in that position that you can have a thousand copies made, send it to them and be prepared to eat most of those if they don't sell them and they send them back to you. Uh, you could still sell them at other cons, but um, uh, it's not as easy as everybody tries them. Oh, just go to Comicology. Uh, Comicsology rather is a digital um, platform where if you if you publish digitally, uh, typically you'll sell your comic for less than what you do for physical copies. I um, had to do my own detriment. Haven't um, explored that enough yet because I I kind of like the physicality. I like to see people's face when they buy, um, but I recognize that. I still like to read a hardcover book or a paperback. I don't like to read my books online, but the world is changing and I'm, I'm not ready to change with it yet. But don't put your head in the sand like I did. I think you can maximize your sales potential with more, um, more digital uh, opportunity. You've already created the art. It's a good way to get your product out. And I don't think that they're conflicting audiences. Are you the next panel? Yes, we are. Okay. Well, I thank you all for coming. I, I'm sorry. Um, we didn't get a chance to ask any questions, but um, I'll, I'll leave you a card with my website. And anybody has any question at all, please don't be bashful. Some people don't like to talk in front of people anyway. So um, I thank you for coming. Uh huh. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thank you. Uh -huh. You're welcome. Good luck with your. Your comics, everybody. <laughs> this podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.